Our reading today is taken from the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, from verses 11 to 22. That can be found on page 1174. I read, Therefore remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done in the body by human hands, remember that at that time you were separated from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenant of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups, one, and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Thank you, Edith. Do please keep that uh, reading open in front of you. Let's, let's pray, shall we? Let's pray. Our God, our Father, thank you so much uh, for this new year. Thank you for this new uh, series. We pray that uh, as we look at your word together, we pray that you will speak to us by your spirit, that we may come under its authority, that you will lead us in the way uh, that you would take us as a church and that we may understand more about what it means to belong. Um, So please uh, be at work, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know whether you're uh, familiar with the Doonesbury um, cartoons. Um, They, I think they're mainly found in America. I think it's the Wall Street Journal that they appear in um, quite often. Um, They're cartoons and... um, there's one particular that caught my eye in relation to thinking about this series. There's a, there's a mother and a father with their boy, uh, and they're sitting down with their son, and they're saying to him this. They say, Alex, honey, mum and I have been thinking, and we've decided it's time for us to start attending church as a family. Church? Church is boring. Well, we thought you might say that. All kids think that. Didn't you think church was boring when you were a kid? Uh, Well, sure, I hated going, but church was good for me, so my parents made me stick it out. Um, You may end up hating church too, but you have to come by that feeling honestly. You have to put in pew time like mum and I did. Uh, What what if I I like it? Uh, Like it? What do you mean? And then mum says, we'll cross that bridge when we get there, honey. 
It made me chuckle all week, I have to say. In other words, there's no possibility of you liking it, is it? That's the, let alone loving it. Um, and that's the, the title of this series, Loving Church. Loving Church. Can we possibly love church? I think we can. Um, who would ever like this benign, bizarre experience that we offer up each um, week? Um, who or what is the church? That is the, the question over the next couple of months. And my prayer is that we come and we can deepen our understanding of the significance of the church, um, of what our role is in it, how we can play our part in it, that we may not even just like it, that we may love it, um, just as Christ loved his church and died for it. So to, today we begin uh, by thinking, we're going to have a series of, of words, and today's one is belonging belonging. Um, And what I want us to first notice uh, from our reading is that belonging is in the very essence of God as Trinity. That might sound quite heavy. What does that mean? Um, Well, if anyone asks you, um, where do you see the Trinity in Scripture? Uh, A little tip, take them to Ephesians. Ephesians is full of the Trinity. They don't use the word Trinity, but it's there. Look at verse 17, um, for example. It says, He, the Son, came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. That's talking about the relationship between the Jew and the Gentiles. Um, For through him, the Son, we both have access to the Father by the Spirit. There it is. Again, in verse 22, have a look at it. And in him, the Son, you are being built together to become a dwelling in which God, that's the Father, lives by his Spirit, by his Holy Spirit. Now, this is really immensely important when we're thinking about the church because Paul is showing us that God is a community of belonging. God himself is a community of belonging. One God, three persons relationship, intimacy, love, fellowship, friendship, belonging, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And therefore, the church should reflect that. After all, we are made in God's image, aren't we? The church is a place of belonging, and at some deep level, we should reflect that. And in fact, I would go as far as to say that we can only truly encounter uh, what it means to belong anywhere is only found ultimately in the belonging that is in the Godhead, in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's that profound, it's that deep. And let's be honest, over these last few years, um, belonging has taken a bit of a knocking, hasn't it, Um, with the pandemic. Um, McKinsey and Company, the global management consultancy, wrote an article caught my eye um, last year. It was entitled, It's Not About the Office, It's About Belonging. That was its title. I mean, people get it. Mackenzie's get it. It highlights for for organisations to retain employees. They need to evolve their approach to um, community cohesion and a sense of belonging. And I think, you know, deep down, we all are aware of that need, aren't we? We're all aware of that, sauce, that sense of loss of, of inter, 
relational uh, uh, goings-on, the kind of um, relationship capital that we've missed out on over the last couple of years. And we're, we're, we're aware of it not only in the workplace, but in our, between our families and, of course, between the church and in the church as well. And it's had its effects. And the Bible has lots to say about this, lots and lots. Um, so church reflects what it means to be created in the image of God, who, who himself is a community of belonging, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So that's the first thing I want to just um, put out there and make sure that we, we see. Um, and um, from that, we're going to concentrate on verses 19 to 22 particularly. And um, there's three images in that section, so only a few verses, that Paul introduces, us, introduces to get this idea of belonging. Let's um, have them up on the screen, and we'll go through each one of them. There's a nation, there's the family, and the temple, and they each speak about what it means to belong. Um, so the first one, the, na- the nation. Belonging is about a new citizenship. So, verse 19, consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people. In other words, we're part of a new nation. We're part of a new nation, which contrasts with the old nations, uh, which are distinguished by their division and and their corruption. As verses 11 to 12 remind us, with those divisions between the uncircumcised and the circumcised. So you see, when you become a Christian, when you trust in Christ, all our uh, ethnic differences become secondary. That doesn't mean that to say that they're not important and that they shouldn't be celebrated, yet we're a Christian first because that's our new identity, that's a new nation, a new ethnos to use the the Greek. So I'm a Christian first and I'm a Londoner second. I'm a Christian first and I'm a a Brit or whatever it might be. What matters most between Christians is their common faith in Christ, in Christ the King and his kingdom. As Colossians 1.3, I love Colossians 1.13, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of light. So um, we should look around us and you could even do that now. You could look at each other and your fellow citizens, you know, you know with, with their wiggly ears or whatever, <laughs> you know, different faces. Uh, we are fellow citizens and we have more in common with each other because we're in Christ and than we probably realise. But it's true to say, isn't it, that most of us from time to time don't feel like we belong. I mean, you've probably had experiences like that, where you just, even in church, you just don't feel like you belong. Um, I've had that, and I'm sure you've had that. Um, It it can be difficult. It can be a a sense of loneliness. Um, It can be at times fractious, and relationships can be difficult or misunderstandings can happen but we are Christians in Christ um, and we do not belong to this world anymore that is distinct which is which is seen by its divisions and by its conflicts 
We are fellow citizens with God's people. And so when we gather, there should be a profound sense of belonging, as if it's a foretaste of heaven, a foretaste of heaven, where the old hostilities and the barriers are no longer present. We're a new nation. We have a new identity, a new citizenship. It's a wonderful thing that Christ has done. So that's the first one. The next one is the family and the sense of being brothers and sisters in Christ. You see it there in verse 19, which continues, fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. See that word household turns up a lot in the, in the letters. Uh, we go from being citizens of nation to being brothers and sisters within the household of his home. Now, the 21st century, particularly in, in, in this country, we sometimes struggle with this idea and this image of um, the, ha- the home and the house because often we immediately think of the nuclear family, the kind of 2.4 children. And that's not really what he's talking about because when he was talking about the household, he was talking about a very much extended fa- family, households, that might be related genetically but not necessarily There are other cultures that get that much more. There's a a wider family of relatives and community. So it has a bigger meaning, but it still does mean the sense of brothers and sisters. Uh, Just as we might call people who are not uh, biologically linked uncles and aunts, or you might even call them brothers and sisters as well, but they're not necessarily biologically linked. So let's think about the home. Uh, When we begin to see each other in this context, what do we see? We actually see warts and all, don't we? Um, uh, I've got to be careful here. Come around my house, uh, you will see that it's not always, uh, you know, pristine and everything in place. Uh, It's a busy household. There's things going on. Um, You will see uh, there are um, dirty cups in the boys' bedrooms. I can say that they're not here. (laughs) Um, You will see where Verity has written on the wall. (laughs) And it's not our house. (laughs) And uh, there are are great moments in our household of of joy and of tenderness and of love. And, you know, there are great moments like that. But there are also dreadful moments as well of, of fighting um, as you might fall back and break the dog bowl. <laughs> we won't go that far and down that route. But you get the point, don't you? It, it's a, it's a, family life is like that. And yet we have all come under one roof with God as our father, one household. And like any home, you really get to know each other. I experience the highs and the lows. You get to see the qualities but you get to see the, the, the failings as well. And that's the truth of it, isn't it? And, and, and in a sense, that's the household of God should be somewhat like that, shouldn't it? We become, we're going to experience a sense of being exposed a little bit. And that's sometimes uncomfortable as we rub up against um, one another. But you know what? That's the moment where we can grow and we can mature the moment we can stare our sins in the face, we can practice forgiveness, we can practice repentance and love. 
How much do we need the church? We need the church like we need our homes. It's not easy. I know it's not easy. Um, It's a place of unconditional love. It's a place of reconciliation. It's a place of grace. It's about a place of truth where grace is worked out. But the imagery doesn't stop there, does it? The imagery um, gets even more intense with the image of the temple, a new worshipping um, community. Finally, you see that in verse 21, where God's spirit dwells. That was where uh, the image of the temple. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. That's a very deep, and there's lots in it, isn't it? It's the imagery almost is intensifying as we get this image of that we're building blocks. We're being built together by God's spirit into a holy temple, a place of worship. And this reminds us that we belonging actually isn't just about coming together uh, on a Sunday, that, although that's really important, gathering, and we will talk about that another week. Um, but there's also actually a, a deeper sense of being involved in each other, with each other, that is essential for us to belong. As, we, as you think about a building and the bricks, they're interconnected and they rely on each other and they're dependent upon each other. And that's how God works his spirit to build his church. I was thinking about this a little bit and trying to think about how this works out. And I was thinking a little bit when I felt like when I first got married. Um, before I got married, I pretty much did what I want and, um, you know, got pizza whenever I wanted it. <laughs> Um, and all those sorts of things. But, you know, when you get married and you become dependent on another, the interconnectivity means you, you can't just make unilateral decisions. You, you, you need to consult. You need to, to work together. Um, and, and you become dependent upon one another. And in a sense, that's the same here with, with what um, Paul is talking about. Wants us to depend on one, one another, not take each other for granted, but to to understand each other's needs. And I, again, it's not easy, but that's what he wants, isn't it? That's how we grow and support one another. So we need to become more dependent as brothers and sisters, the brothers and sisters next to you, um, getting deeply involved in church worship community. Now, I was thinking about this in the context of James 5, um, verse 16, which says which encourages us to confess your sins to each other that you may be healed. To confess your sins to each other. Do you know people in the church that you could do that with? Um, I don't know, maybe you do have that kind of relationships and sense of belonging, that you could confess your sins. You know, sometimes the... The, the, the more deeper things in our hearts. Are there people that we have given permission to do that? It doesn't mean to, we do that with everybody, but are there a you know, key one or two, three people that we could do that with to talk about our struggles? It might be within the context of small groups. It might be in the context of a prayer trip. But that's the kind of direction that Paul is talking about, that interdependency on each other. That's what belonging is all about. It's not just about attendance, coming to meetings, 
Uh, church can't be done on your own. Um, and I think we can't expect radical change and transformation unless we're part of a community of belonging. So uh, the thing that fascinates me about um, verses 21 and 22 is if you notice, if you look at it, is the word together. It's, it's quite strong. It's repeated there. The whole building joined together and rises, being built together to become uh, together is a, is a belonging word, isn't it? Um, it's really very important. Now, um, C.S. Lewis wrote, uh, and I'll end with this, wrote a, a really great book called The Four Loves. I have used this quote a long time ago, um, and I just think it's brilliant, so I'm going to share it with you again. Um, in The Four Loves, he, he talks about friendship, which is another, again, it's a form of belonging, isn't it? And... Um, he talks about his friends, Jack, Ronald, and Charles. Jack is, is C.S. Lewis. Ronald is Tolkien. I can't remember who Charles particularly is, but he had this deep friendship, deep sense of belonging with each other, uh, and where they were able to share. And, and sadly, Charles dies, and Lewis is reflecting on the fact that Charles has died and what that means for his relationship with, with Ronald, the one who hasn't died. Okay, listen to, to this. Listen to what he says. In each of my friends, there is something that only some other friend can fully bring out. By myself, I am not large enough to call the whole man into activity. I want other lights than my own to show all his facets. Now that Charles is dead... I shall never again see Ronald's reaction to a specifically Charles joke. Far from having more of Ronald, having him to myself, now that Charles is away, I have less of Ronald. Hence, true friendship is the least jealous of loves. Two friends delight to be joined by a third and three by a fourth, and then he goes on, in this friendship exhibits a glorious nearness by resemblance to heaven itself. Isn't that nice? It's an amazing phrase. Is your friendships in Christ like that? A near resemblance to heaven itself as we interact and as we belong to each other. Finally, what, what brings this kind of belonging about? Verse 20, we will end here. Built, this belonging is built on the foundation of the apostle and prophets with Christ Jesus himself, the chief cornerstone. So kind of to build this kind of church um, community that is about a new uh, nation, a new family, a new worshipping community, it must be, uh, it must be, found on the word of God, on the foundation of the word of God. That's what the prophets and apostles mean in here. That's the building block. And of course, it reveals to us the, the cornerstone, Jesus Christ. That's how it's achieved. That's the kind of uh, belonging. Easier said than done, but let's pray that that is where 
we go as a church, a loving church. Let's pray. Um, God, our Father, thank you so much for your words, and uh, we recognise that often we, we, we don't live up to, to what you call us to, and, and uh, Father, yet we pray that you would so work in us uh, by your Spirit, um, making us that new nation, having that new citizenship, that we may be a family, uh, brothers and sisters together, that we'd be a new worshipping community where your spirit dwells, that we wouldn't just be liking church, we'd be loving church. Um, thank you for the signs of that in our community. May it grow. May you show each of us how we can grow in that. In Jesus' name, amen.